This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Father, I humble myself before you, and I ask that you speak through me, Lord, and give to your people what they need here today. Lord, many of us have reasonings and questions and misunderstandings, and we don't know it all. And so, Lord, we just say, speak to us, Lord, and, and, and give us resolve and answers, Father God, and, and give us your peace, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you about a, a new series. I mentioned it a few weeks ago, and... I was kind of stirred with this on the way back from Sri Lanka and just, just thinking about the Great Commission. How many have ever heard that term, the Great Commission? I guess if you're a believer, you've heard it. And I want to approach this not in a judgmental, legalistic, come on now, hard, you know, condemnation way about the Great Commission. Amen. Aren't you thankful? I'm not going to approach it that way. <laughs> Y'all need to go. I'm not going to do that. Because I, I don't think that's what the Lord is saying. And I uh, subtitled this uh, message, The Coach is Calling. Our text, text excuse me, is in Matthew 28. Matthew 28, if you're able to read that, it says, Go therefore, somebody shall go. Go. Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations. Help the people to learn of me. Believe in me. Obey me. This is an amplified translation. In my words. Bringing them, or excuse me, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything, everything that I have commanded you, and I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstances, on every occasion, even to the end of the age. Somebody say amen. So, right there, you know that God is with you, no matter what you go through. Amen. So, so these were basically Jesus' last words. You know, if you Google last words of people, uh, it can be pretty eerie what people say and they're on their deathbed. And Steve Jobs died in 2011 at Apple. He said, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And he was gone. Paul Walker in 2013, before he died, said, let's go for a drive. Those are his last words. I've got a picture here that uh, of my family, uh, and we just it just happened to work this past July. It was a Saturday, 14th. We went to a, the Italian family. They have a huge Bart Bake, and they've done it for years, and we hadn't been in 15, 18, 20 years. It's been a while. It's up in Pine Plains, New York, real beautiful area up there, and that's my father and actually all the kids were there, and we took that picture. Little I know that... Um, 35 days ago, at 81 years old, suddenly my dad died. He's gone. My sister gave me a phone call on that Monday and said, Dad, Dad's gone. I'm like, what do you mean he's gone? And he just died. And, and he had a brother that actually just died and has a funeral that's actually was yesterday, another brother. So they're all getting up there in years. And, you know, the scripture talks about that, that we're all going to meet the Lord someday. And, and so I just thought about it, though, at that moment that, you know, when we were there and just kind of hugging on my dad and just to, you know, talk with them, I said, well, dad, how you doing? He goes, this is the happiest day of my life. So I'll, that's kind of his last word to me, that to the family, because we were there. 
And I just thought, the happiest day of your life? I mean, didn't seem like that when we were growing up, you know. <laughs> we were running around, all eight of us, you know. It was, didn't seem, but, but it, I believe he meant that. And he was, he was very happy. And so, and so, you know, Jesus, he, he speaks these last words and to his disciples. And in John chapter 20, 21, he says this. He says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, now watch this, so I am sending you. Can we say that last phrase together? So I am sending you. Hmm. And it wasn't just for the disciples, those apostles. And we'll talk about that uh, if we have time here in the weeks to come. And so Jesus is saying, he's not saying just the disciples, but he's saying to all believers, I am sending you. My father has sent me, so now I'm sending you. And there's something you have to do when you, when you come in right relationship with me. You don't just kind of sit and become a church couch potato. Amen? You know, just look on the back of somebody's head for the next 25, 30 years, and then we bury you. No, there's something that you are to do, that God has a plan and a purpose, and he has something in your life. I was reading, and I saw this illustration. The University of Tennessee freshman, Derek Rodas. This was November 5th, 2011. That was snap. But... Derek was laid back on the couch at his fraternity, and he was getting ready to watch the game, Tennessee Volunteers, play that evening. Well, less than an hour before kickoff, Derek fumbled around, and he tried to answer the cell phone in the mess of his little apartment that he had. And so after he grabs the phone and answers it, he receives the shock of his life. The voice on the other end told him that the head coach was sending the police escort to pick him up and rush him to the game. Well, just minutes before the call, Tennessee's backup kicker pulled a muscle during warm-ups. The starting kicker was already out from an injury earlier that week. An hour before kickoff, the volunteers were out of kickers. So Derek, he was a freshman. He tried out as a place kicker when he enrolled at Tennessee, but he failed to make the team. On that Saturday, Derek was the team's only option. So the coach, Derek Dooley, he told the press, he said, I told everyone, let's get an APB out on Brodus. We were hoping we could find him and that he wasn't drunk or something stupid like that. <laughs> that's, what he, that's actually what he said. Minutes after hanging up the phone, the police escort, they arrive at his house. They rush Derek to the stadium, and, and then the team puts him down. They start stretching him, and he, he puts on his pads and everything, and he's just thrust out into the game. That's a true story. And so Derek was called into duty. And he quickly made the most of his opportunity. He made all three extra points and kicked a 21-yard field goal. And at the end of the first half, his team won 24 nothing. Isn't that a great story? And I just thought about that. You know, after the game in the locker room, the kicker who started the day on his couch with a bag of chips was a hero. <laughs> Come on now. And he was awarded the game ball for that game. It's a great story. And it's one that he'd tell his kids and grandkids for the rest of his life. That the day that the coach put him in the game. I'm going to say that again. The day that the coach put him in the game. You know, church, we have a better story. And our story is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And he has a call that's going out to all of us. And that phone is ringing, and some of us are fumbling around going, Where, where's, where's that phone? Or some of us may be ignoring that call. Thinking if that's that's no, I that's telemark. It's for someone else, and Jesus keeps popping up on the screen. No, it's for someone else. But the call goes to all of us as believers to serve. And so it's time, spiritually speaking, we get off the couch with our chips and pop and pizza, and we get in the game. Amen. 
<clears throat> so Jesus, he didn't call us to be Christians who sit on the couch of our lives, those spiritual couch potatoes, or maybe just dream about it someday, uh, getting the game, serving his purpose and fulfilling. No, Jesus' call, watch this, is right now. Can we shout right now? That's where it goes back to that word go. It's right now. It's right now. It's not 10 years from now. It's not, you know, we're in a different season, Pastor. You know, we got little kids and, you know, we're hauling around. And so, you know, when our kids get up on their feet and whatever, you know, you know, then, you know, then we can be more focused. Or, you know what, I'm just so busy right now, Pastor. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? I'm just so busy right now, Pastor, you know, and so busy with work and everything. I really have not much time off and we can't really be involved in anything. But, you know, when I retire, you know, that's not true when you retire. We go to Florida, and, and we're down there, and I talk to some people. We stay with some people, and we go to Florida. And Florida is one of the major places that, in Texas and Arizona, where people retire. Why? Why do you think? Weather. <laughs> and, and, and I asked one guy one time, and I said, uh, wow. I said, you have a church you know, that you go to down here? And I actually attended the church, and a lot of retirees, you know, gray head. No hair, no, you know, it's all retirees, 60, 70, 80 year old people. I said, you must have, you must have mission trips going out. You must have people doing serve projects. Come on now. You must have people that just, you know, hey, we need help with the churches at tables. You got 15 guys showing up. I mean, if you're tired, what else, what else do you have to do, right? And he goes, absolutely, it's the opposite. They're out on their boats. They're fishing. They're, you know, working on their houses. They're, you know, it's like, what? No, that's not everybody. But you see, the enemy wants to place upon you a lie. And the lie is that it's when I get around to it, some other day I'll go. But Jesus is saying it's for all of us now. Now, before you start thinking, oh, pastor, he's going to hit this thing about missions. And dear God, if he puts a pistol to my head, all right, I'll go. But other than that, I, I'm not leaving America. That's not what go means. Not the pistol part, I meant, you know, but <laughs> I would never do that. <clears throat> Jesus' call is right now for all of us. All of us in your Jerusalem, where you live and where you work. That's the call. The call is in effect. It's green light right where you're at. So what do you mean, Pastor? You know, for the believer, our lives are not our own. It's a novel thought. It's not how people think. It's not all people. You know, we can really, as Christians, get off track with our walk with God, and we can start thinking in terms of me instead of him and, and, and as a sovereign Lord and this whole thing about lordship. In other words, we can erroneously conclude that, hey, man, it's my life. This is my, this is my life. I, I, I have freedom. Do what I want. I want to go here, do this, do that. It's, it's my life. How many still love me? Say amen. amen. It's my pleasure. Hey, it's my money. I made that. It's mine. That was a great message, though, Phil, on, on offering. <clears throat> it's mine. <clears throat> it's mine to spend it the way I want to. Okay. Instead, though, of sharing in the sufferings of Christ or humbling ourselves in obedience, can I get an amen? The, the bottom line often becomes, hey, what's in it for me? Or worse, Jesus, I'm coming to church. What can you do for me? I didn't think I'd get many amens on that one. <laughs> you don't hear this when you turn on television and watch the televangelist. What's in it for me? No, it's all about the Lord, Amen. our God, our Savior, our Master, our King, 
our deliverer. It's about what he wants. Amen? See, I've shared this before. You know, when we were in the pig pen of life and sin, we had a master. Isn't that right? His name was Lucifer, Satan, the devil. And when Jesus came like that loving father and the prodigal son and pulled, you, uh, pulled us out of that pig pen in eternity, uh, 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 is, is set before us with heaven. We don't just lose one master and just gain freedom. We lose one master, we gain freedom and a new master. He's our Lord and Savior, amen? <clears throat> How many with me say amen? amen. Praise God. <clears throat> and see, so we are called, watch this, very familiar verse, to seek first his kingdom. That goes contrary to what every day most people wake up to. Seek first what's for me. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Jesus is speaking. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. I like this translation. It says this, but more than anything else, more than anything else, are you awake here this morning? More than anything else, put God's work first and do what he wants. I just shut the service down right there and we can have an altar call and we can just get that right, that one point. Isn't that right? Do what he wants. Then the other things will be yours as well. He is not trying to hold anything back. It's priorities. It's priorities. And God is calling us up higher. And so we don't elevate ourselves, but rather God. We don't seek our own righteousness, but we seek his. Amen? You know, here's the thing. God will not honor a me-centered life. Did you get that? Me-centeredness. You know, all it takes is one missions trip that will crush a me-centered life in a third world country. And I've traveled to numerous third world countries. And when you go there with me-centeredness, it, <clears throat> I've had take people on trips that <clears throat> it's, it shocked them. They come back, they cry, they, they don't know how to adjust <clears throat> you know, from their life here in America to there and how those people live and try to just put it off. But see, Jesus didn't die just for Americans. He died for the whole world, okay? And there are billions of people out there, billions, <clears throat> that he cares about each and every one of them. Can you say amen? Amen. Third world, nations, the poverty, me-centered lives, they just, they, 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 when you go on a mission field, it, just, it melts away when people come forward and you're in a church service and you meet them and you look, oh my, oh my God, oh, you, you live on a dollar 90 a day? You gotta be kidding. You have three beautiful kids right here and, and, and you barely put clothes on them? Or, this, is what, you know, this is what's out there and, and people are so impoverished or there's no, hey, you know what? You need to go down to the you know, uh, office down here to pick up because you can get on food stamps or you, know, you can get on it and they'll, they'll take care of you and oh, oh, you got kids so then you get dependents and you got, there's none of that. There's nobody to go to. <laughs> There's, and they just there, and they cling to the Lord because they have nothing else, nothing else. Mission strips will just destroy a me-centered life, a me-centered life. And thank God that we're blessed here in America, but we have an obligation. <clears throat> we are not our own. We were bought with the price, the scriptures say. Can you say amen? First Corinthians 6, uh, 19, I'll conclude here in a minute. So do not know that your body 
is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, whom you have received as the gift from God. Let me just quickly just stop <clears throat> before I get to you're not your own property. Your body is a temple. That word temple is the same word in the Old Testament in the Hebrew, which meant holy of holies. So the holy of holies in the Old Testament was a place once a year, the high priest would go into, bathe, wash, ceremonial cleaning, all of this. <clears throat> and we don't know. Tradition says maybe he had a rope on him or not. If he would die, you know, I don't know about that, but there's the tradition about that, that he would go into the Ark of the Covenant, the holiest of holies. Nobody just walked in, kicked the door open, like, hey, God, what's going on? They dropped dead. Because that Shekinah, that glory, the presence of God was so strong, and man in sinfulness cannot look upon the Lord in that state. And so he would go in and clothe, and I mean, it was a bloody ritual. It was really some strange stuff, but, but he would meet. That's the word temple. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have received as a gift from God. So after Christ and the cross and, and what he did 2,000 years ago, now he says, I will be, nuos, I think is what it means in the Greek, I will bring my temple inside you. You will now be carriers of the Holy of Holy in your life. Different, should shock us a little bit about like, wow, really? That's the spirit of God. He said, and that you are not your own property. Should I say that again or just move on? I'll just move on. You were bought with a price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own. So then honor and glorify God with your body. How do we honor and glorify God with our body? By allowing him to be Lord of our life and to surrender our life to what he wants us to do. Amen? And see, when we do that, we don't give up and lose life. We gain life. When you cling to life and you try to, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a lot of money. Uh, I'm going to get me a new car or a new truck or whatever it is. And, you know, we're going to get that house. And, you know, we're going to get it all. We're just all yours. Me focused. Me focused. My wife, had, we've had all those things. Brand new houses. This is a fourth. Now we're working on a remodel. And you know what? You could, just, you could tell her, like, what do you care about? I don't care about any of that. I just care about serving the Lord, God's purposes, our children that would serve the Lord. Amen? That's what matters. I had the new trucks. I, have, I wanted that new diesel Dodge when it came out, you know, with that Cummings engine and that three-quarter ton, that quad cab. I had it. So I got the first payment. Then it was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not so fun anymore. But and so I'll, I drive beater vehicles. I got a '99 Jeep. I don't care. I don't care about stuff. That stuff. I don't. I do like tools. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's not an idol. It's just a necessity for certain things. I'm just saying. Just saying. But you hear, you hear my heart. You know. And so I'm not saying I've arrived in this. Please understand me. But but you know what. Uh, my passion, my focus, and my wife has been, what does God want? W what does he want? Okay, when you stand before him, you're going to go, <laughs> hey, Lord, look at the house I built. Look, look, look at it. Woo, put that new flooring in. <laughs> See that? Man, I worked hard that whole summer and a half. Or, hey, look at that pool I put in. I know I could only use it for 72 days in Minnesota, but look at that $30,000 pool. Who's going to ask any of that? That stuff's going to melt away. All the accomplishments. What did you accomplish? All that's going to melt away as we stand before him. He's going to, 
What did you do for my kingdom? Did you, did you give into my kingdom? Oh, no, my money was mine. It was. I saved your soul. I, I, I redeemed you. <sighs> Someone say hallelujah. And then we're out of time. <laughs> Some of you are going, whoo, glory to God. Stand with me if you would, please. I didn't even scratch the surface here. Authority to go is what I want to talk about. And we're going to talk about those Lord willing here. And that, that the coach is calling. I want to end with that. The phone is ringing, my brothers and sisters. Our life is not our own. I don't mean that as a heavy. It may come across as a heavy. You can take it how you like. But our life is not our own. Our life is called to be one of service to the Lord. So, Pastor, I can't go on the mission field. What are you saying? We're not talking about that. We'll talk about what that word go means. It's actually an imperative verb. So, what does that mean? Very simple. It means that in the Greek, we'll develop this Lord willing here, but in the Greek, imperative verb, when we read go into all the world, you know, make disciples, baptizing. Jesus isn't saying get like a pound of clay, put it on a spinning wheel, and go, well, what are you doing? I'm making a disciple. No, it means go, disciple. It's like this. If I told you, I said, an imperative verb is, I want you to go take the trash out of your kitchen. I want you to wash the floor. I want you to unload the dishwasher. Or I could say, clean the kitchen. The imperative verb is clean the kitchen. How many get that? That's what it means to go. When Jesus said go, it's all those things together. So if I said, you know what? Change the oil in the car or vacuum out the car or, um, you know, check the tire pressure on the car. Or if I say, tune the car up, you know what to do. That's an imperative verb. That's what that word go means. And it doesn't necessarily mean you get on a plane and go to another country. That may be shocking because some of you live in condemnation and judgment. You think, I haven't gone. But are you going where you're at now? Are you going where you go to work and you hand out whatever you hand out or whatever you make? Are you going there? Are you, are you discipling? Are you baptizing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Are, are, are you teaching? Are you being that disciple? Are, are you a witness where you're at? Thank God for those who go on trips and will continue to take trips. It's not, it's not for everybody. Are you supporting? Are you helping support that? There's many ways we can do these things. Amen? Every head bowed, please. The Great Commission. Jesus' last words. His last words. It's not the great recommendation. It's not the great suggestion. It's not even the great option. Or it's a great theory, I tell you, Pastor Boy. It's not even the great choice. It's a command. It's not jumping on a plane, getting a bus. That's part of it. It's going right where you're at in your Jerusalem. I said, Pastor, I, I've fallen back. I've fallen away. I'm not, I'm not right with the Lord, and I need to get right, and I'm just stirred. There may be a ministry call in your life to, to go. I believe that in a crowd this size. I, I believe that the call of God, and he's calling more each day. I believe that. But for most of us, it's, it's not that. It's not that you need to get on a plane and go, and, but we just need to step out and overcome fear. And Lord willing, we'll talk about that next week. That's why you need to come back next week because we're going we're gonna to pray over you. God's going to deliver you, many of you, from that fear of man, the fear of man. 
Amen. So with every head bowed, you said, Pastor, pray for you. I'm not, I'm not right with God. I want to get right. We're not going to single you out, but this is most important prayer. And those of you watching by television, the most important prayer you can do is this prayer of surrender. You decide to believe or not. You decide to accept Christ in your life or not. No decision is a decision. And so Jesus is calling you today saying, will you invite me in to your spirit man or spirit woman? If you do, I'll come inside you. I'll save you. I'll give you purpose for life. And I'll show you what it means to go for your life. If that's you, let's pray together corporately. You're not joining this church, but you're joining the family of God. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross 2,000 years ago for my sin. Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. Save me. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times in meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.